you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, socially distancing from the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. And uh, we made it through another week. Uh, I don't have anything more interesting than that to say. Have we have we found any new hobbies since Tuesday, I guess? Uh, new hobbies. Jeez, man. Um, nothing really. I, I, I am. I am. Again, I said it earlier in the week. I've been watching a lot of wrestling documentaries uh, I, w- I started to watch the documentary on Natalie Wood that's on uh, HBO. I'm just all about watching the, the documentaries, no matter sort of what the topic is. They're just they're a lot of fun. We started watching uh, Dead to Me. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I miss, Marcus? What's New that? movies, man. I, I like I, we haven't been to the movies in so long. And it's something that I know you love to do it, too. Right. And I don't even know when they, I don't think I'm going to go to a movie until next year. Like, think about yeah, it. It could be a while. Right. And, and, yeah. and the production figures are not going to release anything because they're not going to make any money on it. So, like, yeah, whew, 
some of them I, that's really some of them awful. are starting to i know put stuff straight onto onto video or whatever onto netflix but it's not quite the same it's not the same yeah. as going to the theater exactly. so you know we'll we'll see what happens look i will say this i know people are, are kind of wanting live sports the one thing i will suggest uh if you don't watch the challenge on mtv um that that's you know it's not live but it is kind of sports <laughs> i think uh, <laughs> i think mike was the host of that right miz uh, he might have been once upon a time. It's TJ Lavin. I don't have yeah, I'm pretty sure Mike did something with that, but huh. um, rings a bell. Oh, you know what? He might have. I think he might have hosted like the reunion show once. I don't remember. That might but, be it. Yes. But yes. um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's sports. It's competition. Uh, you know, it's it's physical challenges and that sort of thing. And then you have like you know the reality show TV element of it with you know whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 kind of like how I get my weekly sports fix. Um, so. There was an episode last night. I'm not going to tell you what happened. Uh, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. But it is. It's worthwhile. And in fact, I know there are people who do challenge fantasy leagues. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah. So, uh, we, we were walking around the neighborhood uh, earlier in the week and walked past these four women who were dressed up like they had gone. They were playing tennis mm-hmm. at a tennis court, like all, mm-hmm. you know, all dressed up. And they had put a net in their driveway. And they were okay. playing with like almost like a wiffle ball kind of thing, and they're playing tennis. Right. And I'm like walking by. I'm like, I'm like, look at. I'm like, it's sports. This, this, this is this is what my life has come down to. I'm That's watching four. I'm watching four middle aged women play tennis in their driveway. That's you my life right now. You should have set up your camera and live streamed it. You could have like charged ad. You should have yeah, charged like, for advertising or something. Man, oh, that's God. funny. This is where we are now. This is where we are now. Uh, today's show is going to be part two of our Dynasty League preview. Last uh, show on Tuesday, we talked sort of about uh, kind of draft strategies, uh, how you get into a startup and, and that sort of thing. This show, we're going to talk more about some players individually. I've got a handful of names and, and we'll talk stock up, stock down. Also kind of some some comparisons. Some, so who would you rather have on your roster sort of thing? So we'll do that. Uh, but before we do any of that, we'll talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's going on? Edward. Yeah, I'm still waiting for a new hobby. I, early on when this started, I think we talked about it a bit on the podcast too, is like we were all into cooking. I know, Marcus, you were like growing stuff you were cooking with and mm-hmm. that quickly just kind of faded away and I got bored. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's the mess you got to clean up and uh, I'm, I'm busy with work, which I guess is a very good thing during this time. But then after a while, you just like the stuff you look forward to cooking, it just gets kind of boring. But I think now around here, we're lucky that they're opening up some hikes and, and trails and you could do stuff on the beach. Um, I think it just comes down to doing active stuff. Like I might right. try to get a bike. I might uh, get my uh, hockey skates sent out here so I could rollerblade up and down the beach or something. Just do if you're active and I feel like with my brain, if I'm close to the water, it's a calming effect. So I think I'm just going to start doing that. So any outdoor activity. Yeah, that, I'm sure that that's definitely going to help. Uh, just getting outside, uh, especially now. I mean, like summer is coming. Yeah. Although I know in LA it's sort of summer year round in yeah. a lot of ways. But just being able to get outside uh, and and just kind of you know get some some sunlight, man, and fresh air that that definitely definitely helps. Um, all right, so let's look at some some dynasty league guys that I picked some names at semi random. Uh, and, and Fabs, you know, you can give me your impression. We'll talk about whether their stock is up or stock is down. Obviously, this is based on a dynasty league uh, mm-hmm. perspective as opposed to just like a redraft or a keeper league sort of thing. So I uh, figure we started the quarterback position. Dak Prescott, who has been fantastic over the last few years, especially fantasy wise. He's in a situation where I know the Cowboys are trying to get a deal done with him 
Uh, that is sort of in limbo right now. Uh, so the the future of Dak Prescott, whether it is in Dallas surrounded by all these weapons or whether it's somewhere else, is sort of, you know, it's it's kind of hanging in the balance. Are we feeling better about him, worse about him, about the same about Dak, Dak Prescott right now? I, I, if anything, I think his value has increased a little bit because of the addition of C.D. Lamb. And uh, that offense is going to be among the top three or four in the league. At least it's projected to be. And, you know, Dak's still a young man. I mean, he's 26 years old. So mm-hmm. he he's he's probably, what, the QB three or four in redrafts. And, and he's right. certainly top five in Dynasty as well. So um, I, I feel like he's underrated. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. But he finished as a QB two last year. Lamar Jackson was the only quarterback who scored more fantasy points than Dak Prescott. He's been – pretty damn good for most of his career and it's a short one he did have that stretch without Zeke Elliott where he struggled but Dak's been pretty damn good from a fantasy perspective and now you add in CeeDee Lamb and that offense is going to be clicking on all cylinders he's young I say his value has increased a little bit yeah I mean I, I think I think that's fair uh I mean especially when you talk about what they have around him um I guess my only hesitation is just where he may be in the future but uh, I mean I think I think wherever he goes I think Dak has shown that he's good enough to kind of thrive and flourish in, in a mm-hmm. lot of different situations um so, so I think I think maybe everything's okay uh I, I think he definitely hasn't gotten worse you know I think at at worst for him uh his value kind of stays the same but I think adding I think adding CD lamb sort of sort of helps him a little bit sure um Gardner Minshew, he's the guy in Jacksonville. I mean, yep. they sort of they, they sort of settled on that uh, mm-hmm. by not going out and adding anybody uh, to to really challenge him at the quarterback position. I mean, they you go just and get heard Mike, Mike Lennon's feelings, man. Uh, I mean, look, I, I think <laughs> we all know um, it's not Cam. They could have went after Cam, and they didn't. So right, they Cam's, didn't. I, Cam's. With the question marks about his health and the situation that we're in with the coronavirus, no one's taking a chance, and that's obvious now. Yeah, I mean, so obviously they believe in Minshew, and that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, I still have questions about sort of what's around him. I mean, we saw some good things. We saw some flashes from some of his receivers. They still have Leonard Fournette for the time being. I guess I just worry about him because I don't trust the Jaguar front office to get this right because when's the last time the Jaguar front office got this right? Minshew's, <laughs> uh, I mean, in Dynasty, certainly, you know, he's got youth on his side. He showed flashes last season. Um He's got some good young weapons in the offense, but it's hard to, I mean, as you just mentioned, it's hard to trust Jacksonville. I mean, it, it just really is. So, um, you know, they, they've, they've had some good draft picks. Uh, Jalen Ramsey now is with the Rams. Uh, you know, Fournette, I, I mean, I guess the jury is still out on whether or not he's he's actually worked out uh, or not. Um, probably his last year in Jacksonville. You know, Mitchu averaged right around 16 fantasy points per game last season. I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's not right. great by any stretch of the imagination. I, I don't feel like he's going to turn into, you know, the next Mark Brunel. Uh, Cause that's, the, that's, that's really the, <laughs> that's the that, standard for Jaguars. That, that's that's right? actually right. That's, that's what I'm just thinking. So, um, but he is what he is. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's a QB two in, in dynasty and maybe even a QB three in dynasty. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things that are possible for him, right? I mean, like the fact that he doesn't mm-hmm. have any real competition that they are, you know, handing the reins over to him. But then I guess at the same time, it also feels like if things go sideways this year, that it's not going to really cost them that much to move on. 
uh, and go find somebody else. So it is sort of a tenuous situation for, for Minshew. Um, I think I'm last year. I, I wonder if he's sort of going to be the football equivalent of Jeremy Lynn, right? Remember Jeremy Lynn? Oh, uh, I remember Jeremy name. Lynn. I had him on my yeah, I know basketball team. Yeah. Right. Like he, you know, he had that amazing run for a few weeks there with the Knicks and, you know, Lynn sanity kind of swept the nation. Everything was great. Um, like, I mean, do, do we, do we have like men sanity with Gardner Minshew last year where he was like, he was like everybody's favorite for a while. And he was like the most popular Halloween costume uh, in yeah. Duval County last year. And I just wonder office, too, there was all kinds of Minshew's running around during October. Yeah. All the time. And I just wonder whether or not he can kind of sustain that or if he goes back to sort of, you know, just kind of being a guy uh, mm-hmm. again. So, um, all right. So this is the big one. And we, we sort of talked about this a little bit uh, on on Tuesday's show. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it, it's hard to think his stock can go up just because he was so great last year. Uh, very nearly set a record for fantasy points in a season. He gets paid. Um, but. The downside, Fabs, is that the workload has been huge for him the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets one year older, which, you know, for running backs is uh, always seems to be a, a bad thing. Um, I, I think he's still a guy that goes very early in, in startup uh, redraft leagues or startup dynasty leagues. He's still going to be the number one overall pick, most likely. Uh, redraft leagues, he's probably the number one pick. But I also feel like it, it, his stock can't get any higher than it already was at this point. I mean, you could argue that. McCaffrey's stock is it's got nowhere to go but down especially in dynasty you know you get another year older Mm -hmm. with the amount of touches that he had last season I mean it was that was 403 touches I mean like that's that's a whole boatload of a man in fact you know there are there are some people out there that would warn you that that level of touches in a season is almost a guarantee of one of two things happening regression which I feel like is almost guaranteed or injury Mm -hmm. so his value is not going to get any higher than it is right now or than it was last season. And he's a touch machine. And I feel like the most important aspect of a running backs fantasy value is skill set, of course, but opportunities as well. And he's got, he's got both of those. Your son mm-hmm. agrees. Um, yes, he does. <laughs> so McCaffrey is, I mean, he's, he's the RB one, like no doubt about that, but every single year that he's in the league, I mean, the stock's going to go down in dynasty leagues. That's just the way yeah. that it is right now it's just the way that it is i if you were in a startup and and, and you took saquon over mccaffrey i wouldn't i wouldn't you know i wouldn't argue, argue with you that, that no. was that was a bad move at all would you if you have christian mccaffrey would you consider trying to trade him uh and seeing what you can get back you know draft picks uh, other other players or or do you try to ride it at least one more year and seeing what you can get from him? i mean I, i'm always open to, to you know, taking offers, but chances are, I mean, McCaffrey's still only 23 years old. So right. chances are, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be trading him for any less than, you know, Fort Knox. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, no, I, I mean, obviously if you, if you are trading him, you better be getting back a ton in exactly. return. You exactly. better get a ton back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Sanders, who I've sort of, I feel like the, the, the fantasy community has kind of flipped on, right? Like we all love my, not because of him necessarily. I should say that. We love Miles Sanders. It looked like he was going to get an opportunity to really do some big things in Philadelphia. Then early in the week, there are these rumors that the Eagles are interested in Carlos Hyde, uh, that they may bring him in. He's on the street. He's a free agent right now. He had a thousand yard rushing season last year with the Houston Texans. And we're all reminded, Fabs, that Doug Peterson is not necessarily a one running back guy. So what looked like 
really big upside for Miles Sanders now looks like, you know, and again, they haven't done anything yet, but looks like that uh, there might be some obstacles to him being that workhorse guy that we want him to be. Eh, it's Carlos Hyde. <laughs> it's Carlos Hyde. Like he, he got a lot of touches last year because Houston had nobody else, you know, mm-hmm. to, to play that role. Uh, on the early down, uh, outside of Duke Johnson, who's you know more of a more of a compliment uh, at this point, and um, or at least that's what teams have been using him as for the most part. But I I, I still like Miles Sanders. I mean, he's in my top ten redraft rookie okay. uh, running backs. I, I still like him. Look mm-hmm. at what he did last season. There was about that four or five game stretch where Jordan Howard was out, and he he averaged over twenty fantasy points a game. He was averaging right around twenty touches per game, and he ran with he was tremendous. And keep in mind, he didn't get as much publicity coming out of Penn State because Saquon was there. So he only right. got to start and be the featured guy for his final season with the Nittany Lions. I still really like him. I, I really do. I mean, hell, I could make an argument that Miles Sanders is a better dynasty pick than Derrick Henry. Honestly, I mean, mm, yeah, I, I, I can make an argument. Derrick Henry, I mean, he's, he's what, 20, 25, and he's had a lot yeah. of freaking work uh, in the last couple of seasons. So I think Sanders is a, a – easy cinch top nine or 10 dynasty running back. If you're doing a uh, startup. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I maybe because the one, the, the Carlos Hyde news kind of got me shook a little bit about Miles Sanders, but it also sort of has reminded me that uh, Doug Peterson is never just going to give this, give this offense over to one running back. They are going to give the reins to one guy. And I don't know if Boston Scott is going to be the guy to step in there and, and wreck this thing, but it just, it always makes me sort of nervous that that maybe he's not going to get the the requisite touches that I would like him to get. Right. Um, Devontae Adams, the Packers, in a way, did him a favor by not drafting any wide receivers, even though right. I know uh, Aaron Rodgers is not thrilled about that. So the the target share is going to be huge once again for Devontae Adams. That's the good news. The bad news is that looking forward. We've talked about this before. How much longer is Aaron Rodgers potentially going to be in Green Bay? Do they try to you know, make a deal and, and move on from him and, and open things up for Jordan Love? Um, you know, even Adams himself, he's still a fairly young guy. Uh, and wide receivers certainly have a longer shelf life than, say, running backs do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think Adams sort of stays put value wise. But there are sort of things to be concerned about on the horizon with him. Yeah, there are. Um, and I mean, listen. If I had to do a, a dynasty draft right now, he'd probably still end up being a first or second round pick. And I don't, hell, I, I, I would, I would guarantee it. So what is he like 27 years old, mm-hmm. but that's, that's some of the risk that you take when you, when you're drafting a, a wide receiver, who's tied to a, a veteran quarterback who may or may not stick with the team. Um, and to me, Adams is always going to be a target hog, even if it's Jordan Love throwing him the football, you know, in 2021 or 2022 or both. Mm-hmm. So th- th- would he lose some value with Rodgers not being there? I mean, hell, absolutely. Like, there's no mm-hmm. question about that. But, you know, talent-wise, opportunity-wise, the targets are still going to be there. So I- I'd, still have him, I'd still have him ranked among my top 10 wide receivers so without question. Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely still there. Um, and, you know, I know that uh, – We've seen, we've, seen, we've seen wide receivers put up good numbers with crappy quarterbacks in the past. I mean, it's not. That's a, true. Yeah, that's that's absolutely. Hey, look, man, we all still love Allen Robinson and his list of quarterbacks. Exactly. Has not been, <laughs> has not been great. Right. I mean, literally, Nick Foles, who will be likely be his quarterback this year, might be the best quarterback he's played with uh, in his NFL career. So right. uh, that says something. There, yeah, there you have it. Um, 
Let's go back to Dallas and, and Michael Gallup, who is a guy that I love. I feel like he sort of has middle child syndrome in this <laughs> offense, right? Because like we talk about Amari Cooper and now we're talking about CD lamb and, and like all these guys who can catch the football there. I mean, we even are talking about Blake Jarwin and what he means now that Jason Witten is gone to Las Vegas. Right. I feel like Michael Gallup is sort of, you know, like he really is. He's Jan Brady right now. Right. Like <laughs> how are we feeling about Michael Gallup? Because he's a talented player uh, in an offense that, that is right now chalk full of talented players. And, and that may end up, you know, sort of hurting his potential here well his downfall last he dropped a lot of balls i i, mm-hmm. I think he led the league in, uh, in dropped passes at wide receiver i could be wrong but he, mm. i know dak as a quarterback no quarterback had more passes dropped than dak last season so think about the fantasy points that were left on the ground in 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 terms of catchable passes but yeah i mean gallup he if you're doing a a a, a, a startup dynasty he's probably a three or a four right mm-hmm. i mean because CD's going ahead of him without question, and Cooper's going ahead of him without question. So Gallup's kind of the odd man out there in, in Dallas in terms of dynasty value. Because upside wise, I mean, CD Lamb's got far more, uh, at least in the eyes of most who who do this sort of stuff for a living. So um, really talented guy, thousand yard potential. We saw it last year. Needs to improve on the hands and not drop the ball so much. But when the Cowboys drafted Lamb, I mean, Gallup's dynasty value certainly took a hit. Yeah, and you know that. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, I I like Michael Gallup. I thought he was a guy with incredible upside. I think he still does. It's just a matter of now really fighting uh, to get those targets to get those opportunities. Um, you know, here's a guy that I think you know if you are looking to maybe make a deal. I don't know if the window has closed, but it's definitely a lot smaller uh, in terms of what you can get back for Michael Gallup than maybe it was you know a couple of months ago in, in that Dallas offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked through some tight ends, and there were there were none that really jumped out to me, but there were a few that I thought were. So of intriguing one was oj howard because we immediately thought uh yeah there's all this talk that the, the bucks are trying to move him and then once gronk came we all thought well that's definitely the end of oj howard but it's not i mean they're they're holding on to him and i think part of it is that belief that they're not going to have rob gronkowski for more than maybe two years at the very most mm-hmm. um there is potentially a future for OJ Howard there, but it just seems like it's going to be delayed. And if you are a dynasty owner, are you willing to wait on that future to come for OJ Howard in Tampa? As long as he's not your one, if he's your two. Yeah. I mean, he's still a young guy, you know, Mm. 25 years old. And the, 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 the big issue, uh, the biggest one is Gronkowski, of course, Uh, but Mm. I don't know that I would expect him to play more than a year or two in Tampa Bay. Um, But you also have to think of if Bruce Arians is the coach there, and I think a lot of us overlooked this last season because we thought jo- that that OJ Howard had so much talent that uh, Arians was going to use him, but he hasn't typically used his tight ends in the offenses. He does not. And he's mm-hmm. been, I, I mean, like, you know, again, like Heath Miller is like, I feel like uh, has been the best tight end that's come out of his system uh, years ago in, in Pittsburgh. So I, I feel like OJ Howard as a, as a tight end too is fine in Dynasty. But you're going to be waiting a couple of seasons and, and even past a couple of seasons, he's going to be a free agent. In what? So he'd be a free agent in 2022 because they picked up the fifth year. So mm-hmm. you may have to wait a little bit uh, for a little bit of return on your investment if you get any. Yeah. And I think that's that's sort of the hard part is, is you know, how long do you wait on this? Um, you know, yep. for the moment, Cameron Brait is also still there in Tampa. Um I will say this about about Bruce Arians because somebody mentioned this to me too that that Bruce Arians doesn't necessarily use his tight ends. My response was that Tom Brady does though. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, part of it might have been that you know for years he played with 
arguably the greatest tight end of all time, and that might have something to do with it. But he does throw the football to his tight end, so uh, that that's something worth noting. Hunter Henry, look, man, I just we all want great things for Hunter Henry. Um, you know, he he had injuries his first couple of years. Really was like waiting for a big breakout season for, from Hunter Henry. We thought maybe last year, especially with, with uh, Antonio Gates not there with the Chargers anymore, that it would happen, and it was fine. Uh, this year he is again, he's the guy fabs in that offense at the tight end position. There's no doubt about it, mm-hmm. but there's just question marks about the quarterback. Now, like it's one thing if, if Philip rivers is there slinging the rock now it's either Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert. And I, I'm starting to feel like maybe that Hunter Henry big breakout that we're waiting for. Maybe it's just not going to happen at this point. I, I, maybe you're looking at a guy whose cap is, you know, 800 yards and eight touchdowns, which is still pretty damn good. I mean, it's not it's fine, or, yeah. or Kittle, but maybe that's his cap. And you, the, the good thing about Hunter Henry is that you sort of know what the future is going to hold for him. If he stays in Los Angeles, his quarterback is going to be Justin Herbert. And mm-hmm. if you don't believe in Justin Herbert, then, you know, maybe you don't believe in, in Hunter Henry. The good news is that oftentimes a tight end can be a young quarterback's best friend, security blanket. And he's also got that with Austin Eckler as well, who's a great pass catching running back. So Henry at 25 years old, to me, is still a top eight uh, dynasty tight end uh, if you're doing a startup. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think so. You know, I, I also think that some of it is, look, he's not necessarily spectacular, but he's steady enough. Uh, mm-hmm. at a position where you just you just you just want somebody who's going to kill you every, every week. Um, right, you know, right. they may not win the week for you, but you just want them to at least put up something decent. Yeah, and, he's got to avoid injuries. That you know, that's a big bugaboo with right. him. But I mean, if he can yeah. stay on the gridiron, dude, I mean, I, I feel like no matter who the quarterback is, uh, it, he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, speaking of guys who have to avoid injury, it just sort of leads us perfectly into Evan Ingram, who uh, um, yeah. we, we we know what he can be when he's healthy. He just has struggled with that over the last couple of years. But so many things seem to work in his favor. Right. I mean, he's a, an athletic, talented guy. Uh, they got a young quarterback. They've got a young kind of core of that offense or even starting to build the offensive lineup again. I mean, th- this Giants offense, Fabs, if, if everything clicks, could be interesting to watch. Um but you just sort of have to bake in that injury risk. If you're, if you're thinking about Evan Ingram in a dynasty format, right? I mean, and all things being equal, like you could argue that Ingram's a top five tight end in dynasty because of Mm -hmm. his age. He's 25. He's already shown and proven that he can be very productive. You could make an argument that he's, he's not with Kittle Kelsey, but I mean, maybe in the same sort of tier as like an Andrews or a Henry or a Waller, uh, maybe an Ertz versus, uh, you know, Ertz is 29, Mm -hmm. but Evan has got every tool uh, to make him successful in the league, except for the fact that he hasn't been durable. And so that's really, that's really where you have to make a decision on Evan Evan Ingram. Do you want to take a chance on the talent and hope that he stays healthy? Or do you feel like he's injury prone and not worth, uh, you know, where he'll likely be selected in the dynasty league? Because I, again, I feel like he's a top eight tight end without question in such formats. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, again, it's just that, that sort of concern. It's, it's what your, it is what your risk tolerance is right. uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to Evan Ingram. So, yep. um, all right. So that's, that's a few guys stock up, stock down. I and mean, we could do this literally all day. Uh, <laughs> so I tried to, to limit it to a handful of guys. So mm-hmm. now I've got, I've got five situations of, of who'd you rather guys, you know, which guy would you rather have 
on your dynasty team. Uh, guys that, in theory, I hope will be sort of close that, that will make you think a little bit. But, you know, who knows? I might be wrong. So let's start. Let's let's start at the top. Right. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow to a tag of Aloha. If you're if you're in a dynasty startup or if you're just doing a rookie draft, which one would you rather have? Yeah, I'd rather have Burrow. I like I like to a uh, really accurate quarterback mm-hmm. problem with him. Durability. If he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a fine quarterback in the National Football mm-hmm. League. But I really think Joe Burrow stepped into a really good position. And I get it. It's Cincinnati, whatever. But they have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the football. They've got an offensive minded coach uh, in Zach Taylor. And hell, Burrow, I mean, what just super accurate. Had, had, a, had a passer rating last season of almost 77. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he, he's he, – I'm sorry, a completion percentage, not a passer rating. A completion percentage of almost 77. I mean, he was, he was tremendous. So – I like the situation he stepped into. He's also potentially got a, a, uh, a number one wide receiver in T Higgins. They could be making sweet music together in the queen city for a long, long time. Uh, so I, I'd go burrow there. Um, this is a weird thing. And, and yeah, you know, somebody, and I, I, I wish I remember where I saw this, but there's not a deep, long history of successful left-handed quarterbacks in the national football league. Boomer Esiason uh, would take that to task, my friend. But no, I mean there are look, there are a few. I'm not saying there's none. I mean, look, you got you've got Boomer, Jim you've Zorn, got Steve Young. I mean, you've got yeah. uh, what Mike Vick was was left-handed, yeah. right? Um, he, so there, there are. Still is. Yeah, he probably, he probably still is left-handed. You are correct. Um, so there are some. I'm not saying there are none. It just seems like they they are few and far between. I don't know if that works against Tua. I'm not sure. That just might be one of those weird anecdotal things, and I don't know if somebody has done any kind of deep research on that. Uh, so maybe that sort of works against Tua. Uh, I know that you know. I know for the the receivers, it's difficult just because you're used to a ball coming. You know, it, it spins one way when it comes from a right-handed quarterback, and spins another way from a left-handed quarterback. Mm-hmm. And when you've been catching balls from right-handers pretty much your whole life, uh, I know there is an adjustment period to that. So you know. I don't know if that means anything or not, but it's just worth, it's at least fun to mention. So um, next, who'd you rather Jerry Judy or CD lamb? And you can take, take your, your cowboy glasses off here. When you answer this one, Jerry Judy or CD lamb, which one would you? Uh, hey. <laughs> uh, God, this is not, this is not fair because you know, <laughs> I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. I'll, I'll go unbiased. Cause I, I mean, I have him okay. ranked as the, as the top okay. rookie wide receiver. In, in redrafts and I I just think he's going to be a target hog uh, at the next level. He could end up being Drew Locke's favorite target. Um, although you have Corlin Sutton in there as well, but I, I love every, I mean, th- there probably wasn't a better route runner in the entire 2020 draft class. Just he, he's got, he's got everything uh, that, that you want in a, in an NFL wide receiver, a guy, a prospect, someone who's uh, looking to have success at the next level. It's close though, man. It's close. And I feel like the only reason why I would go with Judy is because I feel like I can get, I'm going to get more from him in the first couple of years than I'm going to get out of CD because he's going to be behind Cooper mm-hmm. and Gallup. And again, the Cowboys can get out of that Cooper contract after a couple of seasons, whereas Jerry Judy can come right in and, and potentially be, you know, one of the top two targets in that offense. And he should be uh, for Drew Locke. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think I lean Judy as well for for a lot of the reasons you say, oh. just because I think you can get more immediate production mm-hmm. uh, from him than, than you will from from CD Lamb. I mean, that's just it's just such a crowded wide receiver room in Dallas, uh, whereas you know, Judy sort of jumps closer to the front of the line. 
uh, where he is. So I, I think I think he's there. But look, these two guys. I mean, I think I feel like draft Twitter argued these two guys who should be number one uh, just all day, every day. Which is funny that Henry Ruggs ends up being the first wide receiver drafted when it's all said and done. Um, but yeah, I, it, it is a coin flip. I think both guys have incredibly high ceilings. I just think Lamb maybe takes a little bit longer because, you know, look, they got Amari Cooper, they got Michael Gallup, they have so many other guys there that they got to get the football to. Um, this is what I sort of struggled with here. And, you know, this may end up being an easier answer than I thought it was. But Cam Akers or David Montgomery, who would you rather have? I don't want anything to do with the Bears. I don't. Right, well, there, there you I, go. Robinson. I don't want anything to do with the Bears. Um. So, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm going Cam Akers. Right. I, th- just, I mean, everything the Bears touched last season that wasn't, you know, Allen Robinson went to crap. Everybody mm-hmm. loved Montgomery, including myself, coming coming in. Yeah. Uh, a tackle breaking, elusive sort of running back out of Iowa State, and you know there were games last season where he was tremendous, but th- there were also games where he was invisible. And I don't know that that's going to change a whole heck of a lot. I hope it does. I hope it does. I'd love to see some some depth at that running back position, uh, even more depth, especially because he's such a young player. But Cam Akers was successful behind a bad offensive line in Florida State last season, uh, had 28 catches out of the backfield, so he can be versatile. And I just feel like he's going to be in a better offense, to be quite honest with you. I mean, the Rams offense uh, projects to be better than Chicago, although who the heck knows. Um, I, I – I just like Hager's better. I, I have a little bit of a trust issue with David Montgomery. And again, I hope he breaks out. He should be better. I think he will be better than he mm-hmm. was last season. But if we're talking about long-term and we're talking about the offense, who's the quarterback in Chicago past this season? I don't know. I, in LA, I know it's going to be Jared Goff. And I know Sean McVay is calling the plays and that's enough for me. Yeah. I mean, see, part of my thing with David Montgomery is I, I feel like he may not have hit his ceiling, but I don't know that it's much higher than what we saw out of him, you know, in the back half of last season. I mean, it was fine, um, but I'm starting to sort of recalibrate because I, I was another person who, who really caped up for David Montgomery. And, yeah, it was it was underwhelming. Um, and I'm starting to sort of recalibrate that. And, and again, I think part of that is the the Bears offense and, and what it has to offer. I mean, look, we are trying to get excited about Nick Foles as the quarterback. But I mean, let's also just keep in mind, like Nick Foles is not. He's he's better than probably what they've had the last couple of years, but he's not exactly you know lighting things up, or, or you know he's not a guy that, that I think defensive coordinators are are losing sleep at night, uh, trying to trying to figure out how to defend. So uh, just real quick, then let's let's switch that up. Cam Akers or Keyshawn Vaughn? Uh, which one of those guys? Mm. Oh man, see, because I really like I really like Keyshawn Vaughn uh, mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's in a good spot. I'm still going to go with Acres there, though. But it's okay. as we we from the Northeast would say, it's wicked close. Wicked close. Yeah, wicked yeah. Close. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I feel that way too. I I think I probably would lean Acres, but yeah, I don't know. That's that's a that's a <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, Henry Ruggs or Mecole Hardman, right? Because Ruggs looks like he's going to get a lot of opportunity there in Oakland. Uh, Hardman is a speedster who looks like he's going to start getting more work in that Kansas City offense, but there's still Tyreek Hill. There's still Travis Kelsey. Uh, which one of these guys, which one of these guys would you lean toward? I'd go with Ruggs, but I can see the argument for Hardman because the quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. And right. I don't know how long Sammy Watkins is for the Chiefs, to be quite honest with you. I mean, there was there was some mm chatter during the offseason earlier in the offseason that you know Watkins you know may or may not 
who want to come back. So I, I love Nicole Hardman. I have him in our dynasty league. I hope he goes off, but mm-hmm. you've got a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Whereas Henry Ruggs, he could end up being the guy there. That's what Las Vegas drafted him to be. He was the first wide receiver picked, as you mentioned a little bit early on. Mike mm-hmm. Mack and John Gruden want to go downfield. Maybe they have to switch the quarterback up after another year or two with Derek Carr, uh, who you know is not very successful in terms of throwing the ball vertically. At least he hasn't been thus far in his career. So um, I, I really feel like Ruggs, who has drawn a lot of comparisons to Tyreek Hill, is the call here only because I feel like he has got a cleaner path to opportunities than Nicole Hardman does at this point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's, that's sort of the case there. I just, I still come back to the, you know, look, man, Patrick Mahomes versus Derek Carr, like, and like that. No, that, that part of it is certainly right. that's where Hardman wins all day long. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I, I think part of it is just sort of believing, you know, it, you're right. The, the path is a little bit harder for Hardman to get there because you know that that Hill and Kelsey are going to occupy so much of that passing game. Yeah. Um, but uh, I that, that's another coin flip for me. All right, last one. Uh, I paired a couple of former college teammates against each other entering their second year. Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson? Which guy you like? So I've got Fant ranked higher in redrafts, but in Dynasty, I feel like I'm going to Hawkinson, but it's close mm-hmm. because Denver drafted Albert O., Yep, they've got a lot of young, talented receivers on the roster in Sutton and Jerry Judy, uh, J.K. Hamler as well. And so as much as I like Fant for 2020 long term, I feel like Hawkinson can be the better tight end. And I and I have them ranked very close, very, very close. Hawkinson Mm -hmm. really disappointed after that game against the Cardinals last season. But that's typical, man. Like Evan Ingram is, is an anomaly. You know, when, when tight ends come out and have great seasons as rookies, like it's typically not, not the case. And so you forgive a rookie tight end who was drafted highly for not having a great season one, because that's not, that's not abnormal. And Hawkinson, I feel like in Detroit, there's again, a clearer path to opportunities than there is in Denver with Fant and, Mm -hmm. Hell, dude, people were comparing Hawkinson to Gronk coming out of college. Not that right. he reached that level, but he's a good player, man. And I feel like you have to leave that first season behind, forget about it. And long term, I think he's he's going to be the better player. I think I mean, I think I'm going to slightly go toward Fant here just because I think you know, they are pretty much asking him just to be a pass catcher. Hawkinson still uh, I mean, he's got great skills as a blocker. And I think that's that's something that that he will continually be asked to do. Um, which means, you know, if he's blocking, he's not necessarily out running routes. But uh, I mean, I think it's one of those things where long term, I don't know that you lose one way or another. I also think because right now, maybe I have a little more optimism about the Broncos offense than I do about the Lions offense. I mean, for for as good as Matthew Stafford has been, he's been he's been playing well when he's been healthy the last couple of years. Uh, he also is obviously a little bit older than Drew Locke is right now. So there, there's still that wonder of what happens a couple years down the road with Stafford, with that Lions offense. But um, look, if I if I miss out on Fant somewhere and I end up with Hawkinson, um, I'm not going to be all that upset about it. Right. So. And that's and that's a um, a good a good point there is that at what at what point when you're evaluating a receiver, say like a tight end or, or a wideout, do you factor in, okay, Fant has a really young quarterback who's proven nothing and might not be what people expect him to be, especially John Elway, but maybe he will. Mm -hmm. Whereas Hawkinson's got an early 30s quarterback who is 
proven to be a very strong signal caller in the National Football League. You would think Stafford will be in the league for another three, four years, uh, depending on you know his his health. Mm-hmm. So, sort of what swings it one way or the other? A young quarterback who may or may not produce uh, and could end up being in the league for a long time if he does produce, or a quarterback who maybe is going to be in the league half as many seasons as that youthful quarterback, or maybe more. But we already know he's damn good. That that's you know that that's sort of like the 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 do you want to win now in right. your dynasty league, or do you want to sort of win long term in your in your dynasty league? And that's that's where dynasty is so fascinating and so much more fun in a lot of respects than redrafts. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's it is very much sort of try. It is look what you and I do for a living is trying to predict the future. This is even like more like even more long range forecasting, um, you know, than normal. I I've, I've said look for years. Since I took this job, I have gained a newfound respect for for meteorologists. Uh, for not California, not in, so you can't know. No, not not, not in LA. LA. It's fine. Like, it's, you, sunny, it's sunny and seventy. Okay, that yeah, right really tough job you got there. But like, try being a meteorologist in like New England. That is a good comparison right. to a fantasy analyst. You know, yeah, like you, New you, England, you, the Midwest. All yeah, right. <laughs> you know, in New England, wait twenty minutes. The weather's going to change. I mean, that's that's the way that it is. So yeah, Florida too. Florida's easy. It's hot and it's going to rain at four o'clock. You know, <laughs> but in New England, I mean, Eddie knows, right? Like, dude, the weather, it's hard to forecast the weather out there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, uh, but it does. I, the, doing this has given me a newfound respect for those folks who like, uh-huh. you know, their job is to try and predict the future essentially. So it's not um, that easy. It is not easy. At fact, all. It's not easy. At all. <laughs> uh, not, not even a little bit. Yeah. Um, as we, as we leave, wrap up this show, uh, story that, that popped up earlier in the week, Philip Rivers already has lined up a post-retirement gig. He is uh, set to coach a high school football team in Alabama. Uh, once he is done playing in the NFL, which, you know, who knows this, this could be the last go around for him in Indianapolis. We were not sure, but, uh, which made me wonder, which NFL player, past or present, and Eddie, you can jump in on this one too if you like, uh, which NFL player, past or present, would you want to have as a coach? Well, past or present, I mean, that's that's a that's a huge net that you're throwing, right. man. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, like, well there it is. What, what about currently? Is there a current NFL player you would want as a coach? Wow. It would have to be a quarterback. I, that's, because, right. that's, the, that's the first thing that I'm thinking. Right. Just because high school high school kids, there's no way these quarterbacks are masterminds, and there's no way these high school defenses can keep up with like the blocking schemes, the motion stuff. It would just confuse the the heck out of them. I feel like Russell Wilson would be a good coach. Like I'd love to have like my kid being coached by Russell Wilson. He's very uplifting. He's very yes. positive. Yes. You know, yeah. he's yep. he's kind of like encouraging. Yeah, he's there. He's very yep. motivational. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's a big fair. thing for high school. I mean, imagine like Peyton Manning coaching a team and just telling a, a, the quarterback of that high school a few audibles. And every time he got to the line, he would change the play two or three times. Like high school defenses would not know what to do. Yeah, right. Right. Although I just wonder, like, yeah, if you're a Peyton how much do you have to simplify, right? Because you can't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do like you can't teach a high school quarterback to do all the things that you did. I mean, because Peyton literally did everything at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, is River Romo did, is Romo would be a really good one. Romo be fun. His quarterback to basically just throw the damn ball up and see who catches it when he's under pressure. Because <laughs> that's maybe that, that's just, Rivers, man. Just as long as he's not, you know, teaching mechanics, right? Because Philip Rivers' throwing mechanics are yeah, all sorts. Right. Yeah. Like just as long as he's not doing that. Yeah, no sidearm. No sidearm. Eddie, Eddie when when no. that whole thing happened, like, 
and I, I assume you're a Giants fan at the time. Uh, you're much younger than 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 we are. Um, like, did you have like a opinion on Eli versus Rivers either way? I mean, I was, because- I was young, but Eli was still the guy. I mean, he had a pretty good college season, and he was like the guy everyone was talking about. So obviously, mm-hmm. going to the draft, he was the quarterback I wanted. Um, but then I knew the Giants picking at four that year was uh, going to be tough. And I, I will say, I wasn't as in tune with the whole. Um, stories coming up before the draft about him not wanting to play in San Diego that I didn't really understand. Um, and then obviously the trade happened. And I remember like right after it happened, I had to leave my house for like my brother's like Pee Wee baseball game or something. But, um, but yeah, I do remember that, that, that trade happening and, and kind of being like, wow, the guy that everyone's talking about, we actually got in our team. But yeah, I mean, people forget that Eli Manning was drafted by the Chargers. Yeah, like yep. there, yep. there's a photo of Eli Manning holding up a Chargers jersey. I don't remember and looking, looking I, really I, sad I, about it too. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if like bad actor, bad actor. I, I think yeah, I think he was like soured at, at it. Like he was, he was trying to smile like Chargers, <laughs> right? But I mean, like how how you know it's like Dave Damashek, you know the NFL what would have happened and. Right. Um, I always remember that that the photo of Eli. I think he was with like Tagliabue and like his dad, mm-hmm. and he was just holding the jersey. He's like, I really don't want like, to play there. It was it was like it was like a kid who gets like clothes for Christmas, right? Like yeah, you exactly. just like all you want is a video game system, and you yeah. get like a sweater. You're like, uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like uh, I'll say this: it's like getting fruit at Halloween. It's like uh, right, it's like who cares? I would say interesting. Here's an interesting uh, dynamic for a guy who could coach your high school team. What about Taysom Hill? Hmm. Like the dude does a little bit of everything right now, right? Like he could play a little quarterback. He runs some wide receiver. He does special teams. Um, I don't know. I feel like he could do like he really could kind of coach everything. Uh, I don't know. That's just that's just me sort of spitballing. Yeah, hey, QB one Saints in in, in your in all your coronavirus fantasy football leagues. <laughs> Taysom Hill. <laughs> it's Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill. Man, don't get much better than that. Jeez, man. Could you imagine the uproar if, or like just the fantasy outcry if he ends up taking over as a starting quarterback? Man, that'd be insane. That would be. Insane. There was, uh, I was talking about this on uh, my SiriusXM show, whether or not Taysom Hill would actually be a good NFL quarterback. And I don't know that he would be, but he'd be a hell of a lot of fun to own in fantasy. I guess. I mean, he averaged like. You don't think so? I think it would be fun, man. No? It would be, inter- it would be interesting. Yes. I don't know. Um, I know people are clamoring to get him as a flex. I was like, whatever, dude. Don't, he he don't barely plays, and he, he, like, he averages he averages like maybe four fantasy points per game. Like, if that's what you want in your lineup, then good on you. So, kind of whatever. Um, all right, I feel like that's a good place to leave it. Uh, so, good luck to Philip Rivers whenever he's done playing uh, professional football when it comes to coaching high school football. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you downloading and listening and watching as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, never take a sleeping pill and a laxative in the same night. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you on Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.